Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Innovation Tech Talks brought to you by Omron Healthcare. I'm your host, Corey Knowles. In today's episode, we're going to be chatting with Steve Cotton and David Regan of Aquametals. Aquametals has developed a clean, sustainable solution for recycling lithium-ion batteries, which in this day and age, we all know is becoming a, a hot topic, an important topic. And uh, we'll see where it goes. Steve, David, thank you for joining us. How are you guys today? Fantastic. Thanks for having us. Doing well. Good. I, I guess to get started, can you give us a little background on Aquametals, where the company comes from? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the company was founded um, actually in the San Francisco Bay Area um, in Oakland, Alameda area. Uh, in about 2015, we got started um, towards a, an initial public offering on the NASDAQ and um, uh, built a plant um, in the Tahoe, Reno Industrial Center area. Uh, one famous tenant there um, that everybody's heard of, of course, is Tesla's Gigafactory. Uh, as well as um, uh, many other operators of uh, data centers and things like that. Um, so it's about 30 minutes east of Reno. So we have facilities in Tahoe Reno Industrial Center today and have relocated as of about 2018, the company from the Bay Area to the Reno area. So we have corporate headquarters offices where I'm sitting, um, which um, is in, in kind of Reno proper. And then uh, the Innovation Center, which is where Aqua Metals uh, state-of-the-art lithium-ion battery recycling pilot is set to commence operations very soon. Nice. Nice. It's a be beautiful view behind you there, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, we like trees. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, so given the trajectory of the auto industry, you're, the lithium-ion lithium recycling idea seems smart on so many levels. How, how did the idea of for what you're doing and how you're doing it come together? Well, you know, we've been focused on uh, a, a technology called aqua refining for a while, which uses instead of things like fire for smelting, which has been around since the Bronze Age to try to recycle and reclaim metals, um, uh, or even more recently, things like standard hydrometallurgical, which uses a lot of chemicals to leach and do recycling, uh, much like mining. Um, aqua refining is different because we really recycle the chemicals that do the recycling and do it at a room temperature with a super clean methodology that has orders of magnitude less emissions. So it kind of makes it all worthwhile um, uh, to do the recycling. So you make less of an impact in the environment, more of an impact on the, the, the cleanliness of the environment. Um, and also uh, with an economic favorability because you, re you recover more of the materials so you've got better economics of the process. And you also, um, uh, because you're not managing the waste streams, um, uh, both environmentally, which is obviously high in everybody's list these days, particularly, uh, but also the yeah. economics of managing the, the waste streams. Um, we have a lot of advantages through that aqua refining technology. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So, so instead of using the standard smelt and heat that that creates a ton of pollution in itself. You wind up with a lot of waste, I imagine, going that route as well. So the chemical process is cleaner. And and Correct. you reuse those chemicals, you say? Yes. So, so we actually um, are able to utilize uh, chemicals that are within the battery and within the process and re recirculate and recycle those chemicals and not create, create a lot of waste stream. 
uh, in fact, very little to no waste stream uh, because of the way that we operate aqua refining. And we actually selectively plate metals in metal form. So we plate things like um, uh, in lithium recycling, uh, cobalt and nickel and copper, um, uh, to name a few of the metals that we actually make in metal form. And then we also extract the lithium in the form of uh, lithium hydroxide, um, which is, you know, there's lithium carbonate, and lithium hydroxide. So we, we um, are unique in our methods that we actually create these metals in very pure form, because then you can take those ultra pure metals and turn them into what are called CAM materials, cathode active materials, um, that can go back into the, uh, to the new battery production process. Throw in some comments. I, I think from a high level philosophical perspective, what we think at Aqua Metals is that obviously the transition from gas powered cars to electrifying the cars is a huge step um, in meeting our global emissions targets. Um, but to really hit those targets, we're going to need to re to recharge the batteries in these electric cars with renewable electricity. And we're actually, in fact, going to have to recycle those batteries when they're ready to be recycled with renewable electricity. So currently, the only technology that's being used today, and only about 5% of lithium-ion batteries are recycled uh, this way, is, is pyrometallurgy, which is heat. So that obviously yeah. puts out a lot of emissions. Um, we don't think that's sustainable long term. We're talking tens of millions of, of tons of CO2 would go into the atmosphere if decades from now we were using that technology to recycle lithium-ion batteries. The other technology under the development, as Steve mentioned, is hydrometallurgy. Mm -hmm. And that used tens of thousands of gallons of chemicals as the reagent of the metal. So instead of using heat to kind of get those metals back to pure form, they use chemicals to do that. And as you use up a lot of chemicals, you create a lot of waste stream. Those yeah. chemicals also uh, have a very high carbon footprint to produce those chemicals. So hydrometallurgy has been kind of pitched as a, as a non-pyro uh, solution that's environmentally better, but it's, it's really not much environmentally better than pyro. And what our technology does is use renewable electricity as the way, and as Steve described, we're plating the metals. Um, and we do use a certain amount of chemicals in our process, but we have what we think is a very special approach that recycles those chemicals so that we're not generating waste streams and having to buy more chemicals and replace them with, with each step. So we're very favorable economically and environmentally uh, from the other two major sort of methodologies for recycling. Nice. So is it, is, is this technology specific, specific to lithium or is, does it work with other metals, similar metals as well? This, the, techno the technology right now is being developed specifically for lithium ion batteries. So we, we plate the cobalt, we plate the nickel, the copper, the manganese, and we, and we make uh, lithium hydroxide. Um, our prior technology was for lead acid batteries, and so we recovered lead in that instance. Um, and this technology can be applied to, to many metals. I, I'm not sure how many, but there are several metals that can be plated. Not all metals can be. Um, but it, it certainly is a, a, a fairly significant number of metals. So, in fact, the DOE has stated that their preferred method of recycling metals would include nothing but water and renewable electricity. So we find ourselves to be, we think, the most aligned with that vision um, that the DOE has to move all of metals recycling to. 
Well, and you're moving from a time where with, you know, traditional lead-based batteries and internal combustion engine vehicles contained one battery. So every house had one car, maybe two, where now with an electric car, you could be looking at upwards of half a dozen or more per vehicle, I assume. So we're talking about a demand that's going to rise. Yeah, I've got a 2015 Model S Tesla that's got 7,200-ish um, uh, uh, Panasonic 18650s cells 18650s so, yeah 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 so there's a lot of cells in those EVs and there's also a lot of uh, lithium cells in stationary um, storage applications so we when we talk about lithium batteries and the electrification of transportation that is a huge sector that is growing and transforming it at just incredible rate uh, inclusive of the state of California saying no more um, uh, non um, no more emissions vehicles to be sold after 2035 and other states following likely um, and obviously the automotive industry. But there's also stationary applications for energy storage for things like grid stabilization, solar and wind. As we recently saw in the heat wave in California, um, uh, batteries supported the grid and got the grid um, through that rough spot um, when we saw battery support over 5% of the grid um, in a stationary application. So these lithium batteries are uh, pervasive everywhere. And that's before we start talking about things like consumer electronics and lawn and garden wow. and drills and you name it, that energy storage is pervasive. Well, that was going to be my next question is, is this, you know, I guess electric car batteries being that they're just these 18650 cells wired into packs, basically, uh, would this then be open to consumer electronic cells as well from everything from remote control cars to cell phones, or is it not as economical on the small scale like that? Correct. And actually even um, better for some of the consumer electronics because they're really optimizing for um, energy per kilogram uh, for the weight. So the weight of your laptop and the weight of your cell phone is juiced up um, uh, as much power as you can get. So those batteries um, have quite a bit of minerals and critical battery minerals in them and probably more cobalt, and more nickel than you'll even find in EVs. But they all have lithium and we all see the price of lithium is, is um, in great tension um, uh, due to the, the supply versus the, the vastly growing demand. Yeah, and they say uh, we just did a, did a series of stories on North Carolina where they were talking about how they're trying to open lithium mines where they do have it there in an effort to have U.S.-based lithium coming out or more U.S.-based lithium coming out. Because my understanding is most of it's overseas at this point, isn't it? Correct. There's very little lithium production um, in the U.S., let alone the other metals. Uh, and yeah. in fact, when we uh, turn our pilot operations on, which we can talk a little bit more about, um, we'll be one of the first real producers uh, as an urban miner, not a uh, ground earth miner, but as an urban miner mining the, uh, the batteries that have been spent to pull those minerals and critical minerals out, keep them in the U.S. and put them back into the recycling uh, ecosystem and the battery manufacturing ecosystem. And, and as David mentioned, uh, utilizing uh, renewable energy to do that as opposed to fire or chemicals and waste streams. So that gives us the opportunity to be more of a net zero um, emissions um, operator compared to the other techniques and methods that are out there. So you're not only urban mining and keeping those critical minerals in the U.S. and feeding that demand chain because it takes a long time to get mines up and running and online. 
but you're also doing it in a way that um, provides those materials to the EV manufacturers, to the stationary battery and, um, you know, manufacturers. So they have a path to net zero emissions through their supply chains because it's really a critical and important for them to not have their supply chains creating a bunch of emissions to create their products. So I guess by comparison to lead batteries, is, is the process pretty cost effective as far as recycling goes? Is it more expensive, less expensive than doing things the old way? So it's definitely um, a great economic benefit to utilize our methodology of aqua refining and our conversion costs, which is really the cost um, uh, per ton of input material to, that you, you process um, is quite favorable. And David probably can speak to some of those numbers on a comparative basis to the incumbent methods of smelting and, and hydrometallurgical. Yeah, I mean, we, we do have those numbers. We are favorable economically to both. I think from, from the pyro perspective, um, it takes several passes and, and multiple processes to get to a high purity metal, which is then converted to the what they call the PCAM or the precursor material to be put into a battery. So we're much more efficient. We're able to plate at one pass extremely high purity metal. Um, that then can go right into the conversion to PCAM. So that efficiency brings cost savings. Um, and as mentioned with the chemical approach, um, they're buying tens and tens of thousands of gallons of chemicals uh, and having to replace every time they, they, they process batteries, they have to replace those chemicals and that gets very expensive as well. We recycle the chemicals um, and like we, we mentioned, use the, re the renewable electricity. So economically we're significantly favorable to both and the, the, the good news is is that the economic favorability is directly tied to the environmental advan advantages that we have which is fairly unique i think it, typically environmental stuff doesn't get cheaper but in our case nope. it, it is no it doesn't <laughs> yeah well and i guess you're also saving a lot of cost in i assume the waste because you know exactly. absolutely uh, getting right. rid of chemicals is not cheap uh, I, I think yeah yeah. Rolling off hundreds and hundreds of truckloads of sodium sulfate, for example, is a waste stream that comes out of the hydrometallurgical has a great cost because you've got the, the, tr the trucks, you've got the disposal fees, wherever you're going to put those. Um, and uh, it's typically going into landfill or um, even more what we're seeing is getting put into the oceans. Uh, and that's not really great for the oceans, let alone the economics, but from the environmental perspective, we avoid all those costs on the back end, as well as what David was mentioning on the front end of the chemical acquisition to begin with. That's impressive. Yeah, that's impressive. <clears throat> yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're uh, a significant byproduct is something called sodium sulfate. And Steve mentioned that it's going to, you know, there, there is significant amounts of sodium sulfate would be produced using hydrometallurgy. And, um, Companies are talking about putting in the bottom of the ocean and, and uh, if they can't find enough landfill space for it. But it, it, it may be doable at this point. But when we when we convert, you know, to 500 million EVs on the road and recycling tens of millions of tons of, of batteries a year, we're going to have so much disposal. It's not it's just not sustainable long term. And so, I mean, that that's really our big message. We, we are in the lead industry, as we mentioned, and. The lead industry is a great sustainability story because I, I think few people know this, but 99.9% .9 of lead acid batteries are recycled. Um, they're the, it's the most recycled commodity on earth. It, it's out of necessity because they can't mine enough lead to make constantly new batteries for, for all the automobiles. So they, they recycle it. 
Um, and, and so it's a great closed loop recycling story. The, the bad news is, is that they use smelting to recycle the batteries. And so it's one of the, the dirtiest things you can do is the recycling piece of it. Um, and what's difficult is, is that they've spent tens of millions of dollars on this kind of infrastructure. Um, and it's very difficult for them to want to sort of tear out the old technology and put new technology in. So we want to really make the case and, and, uh, and, and, and get this message out in this, in this discussion started around building the lithium ion battery recycling infrastructure in a sustainable way from the start. Because if we do it in a way that's dirty and companies invest millions of dollars in, in, in that infrastructure, it's going to be very difficult to tear that out and replace it when we get to volumes that make that technology unsustainable environmentally. So we feel it's very important to get this right from the beginning. Absolutely. Today's episode of Innovation Tech Talks is brought to you by Omron. Omron is a world leader in technology designed to solve social issues, improve lives, and build a better tomorrow. They serve a range of industries which utilize their technologies to innovate and grow factory automation, healthcare, mobility, and energy management. In the industrial automation business, Omron Technology demonstrates the power of machines to unleash human potential, pursuing the ideal in automation, in which people and machines are working together in harmony. Omron provides sensing, control, safety, vision, motion, and robotics technologies for the automotive, food and beverage packaging, semiconductor, electronics, life sciences, and infrastructure industries. For over 80 years, Omron has helped industrial businesses maximize potential by solving problems with creativity. Learn more, go to automation.omron.com. Now, is there any reason that we still have to use lead batteries? Can lithium-ion batteries still be used to start your internal combustion car? If you that's see, a see, little out of your realm, forgive me. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's that's right in our realm. So <clears throat> um, uh, EVs typically still have the, uh, the, the lead-acid battery in them. So the okay. lithium pack is really propelling the vehicle forward, operating on the drivetrain. And then everything else, think of the GPS connection, the lights, the turn signals, the computer display, everything is typically with a lead acid battery. So there is a long life ahead for lead acid batteries, but ultimately there'll be a heck of a lot more other metals in those vehicles, critical minerals yeah. and the lithium, because you just need a heck of a lot more of it to propel the vehicle forward for hundreds of miles at a, at a time. That makes sense. In the, in the example of EV. So lead acid batteries are here to stay, but their cumulative annual growth rate globally in the size of that, it's about a $65 billion market is, you know, less than 5% a year. Whereas the wow. critical minerals in the lithium market um, are uh, growing, uh, you know, at a, just a vastly uh, faster rate, maybe 40, 50% plus cumulative. I was going to say they're closer to doubling, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. So it's quite a bit more. And so to David's point, um, uh, you know, you've got the existing uh, battery recycling industry in the lead world, um, that we're also trying to transform with um, lead aqua refining, um, but that's got a high degree and high percentage of recycling. About any new lead acid battery you get is going to have about 90, 80, 90 percent of, of uh, recycled metal in it. A new lithium battery today that you get is going to have well under 5 percent, probably closer to 0 percent recycled materials. And so as the lithium industry grows, the recycling infrastructure by necessity to feed the growth demand curve is going to have to become a higher and higher percent. And we just want to make sure that the um, uh, the infrastructure that gets built to get from zero, near zero to that 90% of the recycled materials in those batteries 
um, is, a, is a way that makes us as society not move a problem from fossil fuels to, um, uh, to a new energy world, um, uh, but really solve a problem. And we're here to solve the problem and make sure that it's worthwhile for us from an uh, uh, overall greenhouse gas emissions and everything else associated um, with that infrastructure to, to be worth having done. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I feel like the idea that you're not just swapping one problem for another and slapping a flashy new name on it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, right. I know I keep hearing that some companies have even been working on um, non-lithium solutions as they go forward. I know there's been a lot of research and several new battery research facilities here in the U.S. Um, How do you see that space developing? Just curious over the next, say, 10 years. I mean, are we going to be looking at cleaner, cleaner lithium processes from top to bottom, or are we going to be catching up with new technologies still as we go? Yeah, so there there are lots of battery chemistries um, that are out there. Uh, in addition to lead acid batteries and lithium batteries, um, you know, there's been you know high molten uh, sodium batteries and and um, zinc air has been another uh, area of discussion. There's a place for for different battery chemistries, but um, in order to reach the critical mass to feed a vastly growing uh, demand curve, such as the EV electric, you know, the electrification of transportation through EVs, yeah. I, I would say that the lithium train has left the station and uh, it'll be many, many years for other chemistries to be uh, considered and introduced and proven over time. Uh, batteries take a long time by their very nature to, 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 to truly test their numbers of cycles and cycle life and state of health and things like that. Um, so you don't see very often um, pervasive battery chemistries coming out. Uh, and, and lithium is in an interesting uh, place because you're seeing more and more um, lithium battery manufacturers looking at solid state lithium uh, as the yes. next generation of lithium. So you we might have a have story on that st- in our, our upcoming magazine, actually. Oh, interesting. Mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of our partners, Dragonfly Energy, is um, developing a, uh, a stationary um, uh, application of lithium ion batteries where obviously they're going to need some lithium from us um, uh, yeah. to make those batteries in a solid state form. So that chemistry that's got the core lithium in it is going to continue to evolve and grow and already has uh, done that. But other battery chemistries, um, what's interesting to aqua metals is if any of those really start to catch on uh, in terms of volumes and need, um, aqua refining could be applied to those other metals. Um, we mentioned earlier that, you know, uh, that could that could be the, the case. Um, we know how to plate zinc, for example, so zinc air. Yeah. Um, and nickel is, is pervasive in some non-lithium uh, technologies that are out there, et cetera. So, uh, aqua metals will be there with aqua refining for those other chemistries. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I imagine an easier transition than from lead to lithium. Correct. Oh, this is, this is so interesting to me. I just, you know, cause I, when you think of batteries, you don't think of major advancements over the years, you know, until EVs came around. I mean, this is, we're using the same technology for the most part, or at least based on the same principles that it has been for the better part of a century. I've always heard. Yeah. So tell me about, I understand your pilot programs getting close. About, it is. about ready to come together. It is. Um, uh, we are in the installation and commissioning phase of that um, operation in the Tahoe Reno industrial center at our innovation center. 
and expect um, by later this year, we'll begin operating that plant, that pilot plant uh, from end to end and be able to demonstrate um, uh, at, a, at a pilot plant level our lithium aqua refining technology. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So where will you acquire the lithium to do this? Will you be working with car dealers, factories, individuals? Well, David is in charge of our supply chain, so I'll let him speak. Yeah, so there there are... Um, currently, we're using what's called black mass as the feedstock input, right? So just, just to give a quick definition of that, um, when you have used lithium-ion batteries, you can... Essentially, what you do is you grind them up and uh, you get a powder which is called black mass, and in that in that is all all the valuable metals, and and so that's our input currently. Um, it's 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 generally black because there's a lot of carbon involved in that. So we're going to remove things like the carbon, the aluminum, and the iron, and then we'll plate out the nickel and the cobalt and the manganese, and then we'll we'll make the lithium as as well. So. Um, there are um, companies out there that specialize, and really, there's a lot of uh, uh, throughput. Uh, there's there's plenty of black mask generators, both in in the EU and in, in the US. There's a significant amount of folks making black masks currently, um, and, and more and more so. So that's sort of step one is to is to make that black mask, and then any hydro process, whether you're, you're doing all chemicals or you're doing an aqua metals process. You then take that black mass and you re- reconstitute the metals out of it. Um, wow. So we're, we're working with vendors that, that provide that black mass. Um, and uh, it's generally priced in relationship to the LME value of the metals that it contains. Um, so it's, it's, it's based on a percentage of the value. And, and so it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, what's really interesting, this is a very new industry and everyone's yeah. very new at it. And so... Uh, we're, learn- we're we're sort of building a business from the ground up, and, and things are very fluid, um, both on the business side and on the, on the commercial relationship side, on the regulatory and logistics side. It's all very new, which I find exciting. Is that you're you're kind oh, of yeah? It's a little bit of the wild west right now. Um, things are happening very fast, and prices are very you know fluctuating quite a bit. Um, new players are are getting into this industry every day. There's announcements every day of different relationships, different partnerships. So it's, it's a very exciting time. The, the economy is completely shifting and we're, we're, at, we're at ground zero to be a part of it. So it's very exciting. Yeah, we see an opportunity. I'll, I'll add um, uh, that we see an opportunity with the uh, producers and suppliers of these lithium ion batteries uh, back to that net zero that we brought up before um, as they see our pilot plan operating and us further evidence our environmental uh, footprint being so advantageous to the other techniques, let alone the economic footprint, we think that puts us in a great position to be uh, a very um, highly regarded technology and partner for those EV manufacturers and various battery manufacturers that are out there in the world that are looking for net zero uh, type of applications. That's uh, it's the excitement of a disruptive industry is kind of, kind of what you're facing is that whole sometimes the problems you're trying to figure out someone hasn't dealt with before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're in very new territory. Um, and just to add what Steve was, to what Steve was saying is there, there are a lot of companies out there that are going to be producing significant volumes of used lithium ion batteries, like data center comp- companies that rely a lot on data centers. Uh, obviously the, 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 the car companies and things like that. Um, 
And ultimately, those companies want to hit net zero. They have their own carbon targets. And working with recyclers that use heavy amounts of chemicals or use pyro techniques um, are not going to help them in their goals to, to meet to meet net zero. So we think we're very favorably positioned to to build those kinds of partnerships, um, which would provide us with our feedstock and provide those companies with uh, with with the the carbon the, a low carbon footprint that they're looking for. Wow. That makes it is so much of this just, just makes good sense. And it's exciting to see what you guys are doing. And I, I look forward to seeing how it comes together over the next couple of years as we continue to watch. Uh, we're at a point now with EVs where people that I knew would just n- friends of mine who I was sure would never make that leap or starting to you know eventually you you get a ride in a tesla that shoves you back in the seat like a monster and uh, and that's usually about all it takes uh, so yeah it, it's such an interesting transition to watch and see it happening and see the moods that moves that companies like like ford are making where they're essentially transferring most of the way over um and even changing how their dealerships work so i i, I think you guys are very well positioned for the future. And, uh, and I admire what you're doing. I think, I think you're doing it and doing it right, uh, which is important. And it's, it's smart, not just from a sustainability perspective, but from a business perspective, because of, like you mentioned, all of these companies trying to hit their carbon targets. You know, if you've got a company you can work with that chisels that number down more, uh, why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, green with a green, green with a green back, right? So if if the economics work um, in a commodities market um, and you're the low cost producer, you can typically win. So we see an opportunity for that uh, uh, across the board with our tech. Is there anything else you guys would like to share about about the company, about the mission, while we're chatting? Well, we're we're just very excited about um, uh, the uh, the real inflection point as a company that we're about to uh, embark upon here, which is operating that that pilot plant, and that's just later this year. So, literally in a matter of weeks, we'll be able to show the world uh, firsthand what lithium aqua refining is all about, and uh, people will be able to see those metals right in front of their eyes and really understand that value proposition of what it is that we're doing. So that's, that's great. we're really excited about that. And you're, you're welcome to come visit us when we, when we open up the pilot plant. I'd, I'd love to do that sometimes. You guys are in a great location and, and you have an interesting product that's something I've never seen before and uh, have a lot of admiration for, for the mission of what you're doing. So where can people go to learn more about Aquametals? Aquametals.com. And, and, and we have a blog, I, I think that will, uh, has a lot of I, I find them exciting articles that really delve into what what we're trying to do as a company and, and talk about the technologies and the comparisons the environmental stuff. So um, digging into that blog, I'll tell you tell you all you need to know about what we're doing, and I, I think it's pretty exciting stuff. That's and great. also, there's our Twitter, uh, of course. Yeah, we have and we have so Twitter and LinkedIn. We share we share updates on 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 those and links to the blogs on our our Twitter and LinkedIn accounts, so you can go there as well. That's great. And the blogs are really good. Uh, Jennifer sent me a couple that I checked out as well along the way. So Excellent. Well, guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate you both joining us today and talking to us about aquametals and the future of lithium-ion recycling. And let's m- meet back in a couple of years, see, if, uh, see how it's looking. Looking forward to it. That sounds great.
Thanks for having us. Steve, David, thanks so much for joining us today. This was a super informative, interesting chat, and I look forward to seeing the great things that Aquametals does moving forward. Everybody, thanks so much for watching. Please pick up a copy of Innovation in Tech today at your local magazine newsstand, and we'll see you back here next time.